We're going to be in Acts chapter 7. But before we get going in that, I want to pray again. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. As we go through these announcements and we can hear all these ways we can fellowship and study your word together as a fellowship, Lord, I just ask for a blessing on all these times and all the people here, Lord, that you would just speak to them. Your Holy Spirit would just use the word, use your word, our Bibles, Lord, just to so we can learn, learn more about you and how we can stand firm amongst this crazy world that we are living in and walking through. But as we see just your words fulfilled around us, Lord, that we can just, our faith would remain strong. We'd be steadfast no matter what is going on around us. So, Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you would just bless our time. Your Holy Spirit would just speak to us and you would protect our time, Lord. That there would be no distractions. Our hearts and minds would just be open to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As we get going, I want to read a verse. If you got your Bibles, open up to Hebrews. This is tied in today's message, and I want to read it because I believe it's just an amazing passage concerning what we're going to be talking about today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. Everyone there? I have some pages still turning. This is so important, especially in this time. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Verse 27. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He was kept right, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Isn't that an amazing passage? Keep that passage in your mind as we go through the teaching today in Acts. So turn back to Acts. That's where we're going to be today, Acts chapter 7. We are continuing Stephen's message to the lost. We have been here for four weeks now, I believe, and I think we still got another week to go. It's amazing. We begin this study back in Acts chapter 6. You can turn there and look if you want. Um, the story, we remember in Acts chapter 6, the story began with the apostles choosing seven men, in which we know Stephen was one of these seven that was chosen. We learned why he was chosen or what the qualifications that the apostles, and I believe God was looking for, to use a person of God. Who remembers what qualifications were given in the text for these men that were chosen? Who remembers? Well-respected was one of them. Full of the Holy Spirit was one of them. Having wisdom and, most importantly perhaps, I'm not sure, full of faith. As we have been studying this, I asked myself, and I asked you, as we still are beginning this new year, is this how God would see you or how God would describe you? Are you a man or a woman that God would use mightily, such as this man Stephen that we've been studying? We read in chapter six, Acts chapter 6, verse 8, that Stephen was full, full of God's grace and power. 
And through this, he shared the good news of Jesus Christ, but also while performing many amazing signs and miracles among the people. Now, as he did this, as we've been studying the last four weeks, we saw it wasn't long as he's done this and sharing in these miracles and these signs that some people, they become upset, right? They were very angry, actually. They were upset with Stephen's teaching. He was teaching that Jesus was the Messiah and that one can be saved through faith alone in Jesus Christ. These people, they weren't happy about this. This belief, this teaching by Stephen was contrary or against what these leaders, these Jewish leaders were teaching, right? It came, they they wanted to even debate Stephen. They wanted to argue with him on these teaching. But we know that they couldn't argue with him. They couldn't debate him because he was so full of wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Even remember, so much so that his face shone like an angel. As we continued our study, we saw the only argument or the only recourse that these leaders had to silence Stephen was to lie about him, to lie about what he had said. So they said he blasphemed Moses. They said that he blasphemed God. They also said that he spoke against the temple and the law. So now as we were studying, Stephen has now been placed on a trial in front of these Jewish leaders. And as he is asked and he was confronted about these charges in uh, chapter 7 verse 1 they said are these accusations true so Stephen is now before the Jewish leaders to present his recourse on these charges against him well what did he do who remembers did he defend himself no it was interesting he began talking to these leaders about the story of Abraham and it was interesting as he explains to these Jewish leaders that Abraham, in the times of Abraham, that God was present. God was present in Abraham's time, before the temple, before the law, and that Abraham was considered righteous by faith alone in God. Not through a temple, not through the law, not through any works. And also he continued to teach them that God's promises would be fulfilled according to God's timing. It's very interesting how he's talking to these Jewish leaders. And he continues with teaching. Remember last week, he taught about Joseph. Who remembers the teaching? We learned that in this teaching, it was really a picture of Jesus. We read that the story began with a promise. And then he explained how the patriarchs in this time were jealous of the man Joseph had sent to save them. Remember the story? They rejected Joseph, remember? You guys know the story of Joseph, right? They rejected him. They sold him into slavery, but then God took a, took him, wrote, raised him from this place that he was in and placed Joseph second in command to Pharaoh in Egypt. It's amazing. And then in time, what happened? All of Joseph's family was saved through Joseph. It's an amazing picture, a picture of Jesus' promise Jesus' rejection by the people, and then in time, redemption. So Stephen still has some more he wants to share with us. And today we'll begin our study in Acts chapter 7, verse 17. So make sure you're there, Acts chapter 7, verse 17. As we begin to study this, if you have your Bibles, I always suggest that you take notes. So a lot of times it's good to have a pen, right? A pen in your Bible. And I've seen an interesting outline as we get into today's passages. So 
I wrote in my Bible, and I suggest you write in your Bibles, verse 17 all the way through 38, I see a story of a deliverer. So I wrote right on the side of my Bible, the deliverer on them verses. And then I continued, and I saw in verses 39 through 43, rebellion. So I would suggest you can write that, the deliverer, and then the rebellion. Because that's what these two sections are that we're going to study today. So again, we're going to see another picture of Jesus, the deliverer. And then we'll see how, again, the people rejected him. So let's begin. Acts chapter 17. We're going to look at 17 through 19 to begin. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham... The number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt, who knew nothing about Joseph. The king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. Enslaved. Clearly, that's what these verses are talking about. The Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians. The Jewish people had now been mistreated for 400 years, just as God said would happen. During this time now, it's come to this point that the Jewish population in Egypt had grown so much that the king has ordered newborn babies to be killed to prevent their numbers, the Jewish people's numbers, from growing into a force that the Egyptians couldn't control. Could you imagine living this out? What that would be like? Be enslaved? These people, these Israelites, they were trapped, right? They were hurting. Could you imagine seeing this taking place around you? They were bound in slavery to the Egyptians. They had no hope. No way they saw that they could be freed. Life for them, I could imagine, couldn't seem any worse, really. Yet, They had no future. I mean, right now, their own future, their children were being killed. Can you imagine this? Do you see a picture here? I see Stephen painting a picture through Moses for us to see. What picture do you see? I see myself. And I see the world around us that is enslaved to sin. A picture of sin. Hopeless, trapped, bound by sin, leading to death. A world just drowning in its sin. No hope. No way of knowing how to be free. Can you imagine a life enslaved by sin? Maybe some of you can. With no hope, no knowledge of how to be freed by it. This was the condition of the Israelites in their slavery. This is the condition of a person today who is trapped in in sin. No hope. This is a picture I see, a picture of sin, a picture of enslavement, a picture of bondage. It's amazing. Let's continue. Let's look at verses 20 through 22. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. Stephen, again, he's reminding these Jewish leaders, as he's on this trial of Moses' birth, 
and of his upbringing. He reminds them that Moses was set aside by God. He was saved by God, right? Saved from being killed. He was equipped by God, as we see here in the passages. He was equipped for a purpose to save, to redeem the Israelite people. Moses was anointed by God from birth, wasn't he? God was fulfilling his promises, right? Fulfilling them through Moses and brought a man into the world that would bring them, the Israelites, out of slavery and free them from the imprisonment of the Egyptians. You see the picture? What is the picture now? I see a picture of Jesus. You see it? Look at that. A child who is born in this world to save all from their sins, to break the change of enslavement to sin, to defeat death. God has provided his one and only begotten son who was born unto a virgin then raised him into a man who would go both out into the world, go out into the world, powerful in speech, powerful in action and miracles and signs. Are you seeing Stephen in his message? He's leading these people to Jesus through the story of Moses. Moses was a picture of Jesus. Let's continue and see. Look at verse 23 through 25. One day, when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. This story is continuing by Stephen as Moses is trying to rescue and defend his people. He has left his privileged life and went to the people seeking to defend and rescue them. Think about that. God had called and sent Moses to free the people from their slavery. But what happened? They rejected him. They rejected him. Do you see the picture again? It's a continued picture. I see the ministry of Jesus as he went out to the people. His ministry. Three, he shared with them that they no longer needed to be slaved from sins, that they could be free from their sin, that redemption was available to anyone through faith alone in the one that God had sent. But just as Moses was rejected by the people, most all rejected Jesus, didn't they? They rejected his promise of freedom, rejected his promise to be free from their sins. God sent Jesus to rescue us from the penalty of our sins, to save us from death, just as Jesus sent Moses to save the Israelites from their enslavement from the Egyptians, to free them. But he was rejected, just as Jesus was rejected. Are you seeing? So what's going to happen next? You know the story of Jesus. Let's see. Verse 26 through 29. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you a ruler and a judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There, his two sons were born. Moses was confronted. He was condemned by the, the people as he tried to bring peace unto his own people, the Israelites. The result was the people didn't want what Moses was offering. They weren't interested. In fact, they said, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? They even threatened him. You see the picture of Jesus? I see a picture of when Jesus was accused. The heart of the question to me is, 
when the Israelites asked Moses, who made you ruler and judge over us? This was the same heart that the religious leaders had against Jesus. Think about that. The religious leaders to Jesus. Who made you ruler and judge over us? This is exactly as they put him on trial, Jesus on trial, what they were thinking. Even today. Think about even today. Those who would reject Jesus would reject to God. What statement would they say about the church, about Jesus, about God? Would they say the same thing? Who made you ruler and judge over us? Statement still rings true today. At this point now, we read Moses, he went into the desert. But Jesus, if we look at his story at this point, this is when he was crucified. He was placed on the cross, having each of our sins placed on him. He paid the price for each one of our sins. But we know the story doesn't end there, does it? As Jesus was placed on that cross, paying the price for our sins. So let's read 30 through 34. Forty years later, in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the, the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. A messenger now has appeared to Moses, saying, Return to the people and rescue them. God brings Moses out from the desert, sends him back to the people to free them from their slavery. Think about that. God was fulfilling his promise, had had come down to rescue them. It's amazing. Do I I don't even need to explain this picture, do I, of Jesus? Just as God brought Moses out from the desert, returned to freeing the Israelites from the enslavement and death, Jesus resurrected Jesus returns from death. He was resurrected. He defeated sin and death. Then Jesus, just as Moses, sent back to the people to rescue them, to free them from their slavery, slavery to sin. Let's continue. Look at verses 35 through 36. So God sent back the same man. Remember that word, same. That one's important. It's like one of them little tiny words. The same man. That's huge. Same man. The same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, who made you a ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses returned. He returned and freed the people. You know, Moses returned from the desert, sent by God, frees the very people who had rejected him. The details, and you look at the details of how this takes place, it's, it's just amazing. What, I mean, the, what more proof would you need? The one who has freed them, God had freed these men using a man, supernaturally. I just, I read this, and my head just is such a revelation when I read this. Read it again. Look at verse 35. So God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, who made you ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and saving. And by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. It's just amazing to me when I read this. Thank 
thank God for sending his son, sending Jesus Christ to us. It's a beautiful picture that I see there for him to send his son to save each one of us after we had rejected him. It's, it's all about Jesus. This whole story, Stephen's message, it's about Jesus. Jesus, he came back to us. He came back to the world to save it, to bring the message of what he had done so we could come to faith in him. He came back to us, the same Jesus that had been crucified on the cross. See that word? It's so important. The same Jesus who had been crucified on the cross came back. The same Jesus who had defeated death came back. The same Jesus that we had rejected came back. He's alive. Then we know through the Gospels, through many signs and wonders, many people were led to faith in Jesus Christ. They were free then forever from their sins. They were given eternal life through their faith. Just an amazing revelation that Stephen shows us here in these passages. But he's still got two more points he wants to let these people know and let us know. Look at verse 37 through 38. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness. When the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai, and there Moses received life, giving words to pass on to us. Moses is foretelling of Jesus. It's all there. You know, scripture interprets scripture. This story was about Jesus. It's amazing. We are to be like the people here to be watching for Jesus. A prophet like me from among your own people. It's an amazing revelation when you read these passages. The gospel is being shared through the life of Moses through Stephen. You get all that? It's amazing when you look at it. 2,000 years, 2,000 years, 2,000 years today, right? Think about that. And we're here today sharing the gospel again through these stories of these patriarchs and then Stephen and then us today. It's amazing. The message of the Savior, the message of Jesus is hope. But also, Stephen doesn't leave out rejection, does he? The message is complete. Let's look at verses 39 through 43. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, make some gods who can lead us, for we don't know what has become of this Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf, and they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven and their gods. In the book of prophets, it is written, Was it to me you were bringing sacrifice and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No. You carried your pagan gods, the shrine of Molech, the star of your god, Rephan, and the images you made to worship them. So I will send you into exile as far away as Babylon. God Abandon these people. He let the people go who refused to believe the messengers that he had sent. He sent hope. He sent the people to share the gospel, to share the good news, all the way from Moses to Jesus to Stephen to us today. But at some point, if a person refuses the message, the message from the Holy Spirit of who Jesus is, he will abandon them. It's very clear here. A very serious warning that turning from God And worshiping other gods will result in you won't be he will turn from you. You will be sent in exile, as the verse says. God's heart is always that all would be saved. 
That is his desire, that all would be saved. All that all would inherit the kingdom of God. But we can read passages such as these, and we can learn from the mistakes that these people made and look at the consequences that they made. So this way today we can accept the one God sent, Jesus Christ. He is, we can come to place our faith in him, place our faith in the one who was crucified, the one that had our sins, each of our sins placed upon him. We need to place our faith in Jesus, the one that was resurrected, the one that came to us proving he was God. Don't, don't be like these people in the end, after all these messages, rejecting this gift of being forever freed from your sins. I went through a lot of verses pretty quickly. As we close, though, what I see is a reflection of Jesus through Moses, testified by Stephen. You see that? It's amazing. Stephen was sharing the truth of who Jesus is as he faced persecution, just as Jesus faced. I want to turn back to Deuteronomy again. Got your Bibles. Turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 32. The beginning of chapter 32, the heading on my Bible says the Song of Moses. It's very interesting. I want to read some verses. It's interesting as Stephen was speaking of Moses. I'd like you to look at some of Moses's his prayer or song as it's called here as he addressed the people publicly, the people of Israel. Let's start by looking at the first four verses. Listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. Let my teaching fall on you like rain. Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender, tender grass, like gentle showers on young plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he. And then as you continue, we're not going to go through all the verses here. If you look at verses 5 all the way through 44, what we see here is the people reject God. And then we see God's mercy on the people. If you were to read through these verses, we see rejection. We see mercy. And it continues. So it continues. Let's pick up here. Look at verse 45. When Moses had finished reciting all these words to the people of Israel, he added, Take to heart all the words of warning I have given you today. Pass them as a command to your children so they will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land you will occupy when you cross the Jordan River. All these men we've talked about today testified about Jesus. They were a reflection of Jesus. As I thought about this, I thought of the moon. What is the moon? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about that big rock in the sky. It's nothing more than a rock, right? It doesn't, it orbit, you know, it just sits there. But at night, when it has a reflection of the sun, it's an amazing when you look at it. It guides us at night. It leads us through dark times. Just absolutely amazing what the moon is. It's a reflection of the sun. These men, Moses, he was a reflection of Jesus, wasn't he? Stephen, like the moon, he was a reflection of Jesus. They were just men, but they were a reflection of who Christ was. Just like the moon in the, in the sky. It made me wonder, are, are we like these men? Are we like Moses? Are we a, a reflection of Jesus? 
You know, a lot of times we talk about it, and I just mentioned that we're going to have testimony on for men's study. Testimony, what is your testimony? Is it about you? Or is your testimony a reflection of what Christ has done in your life and who he is? Is that what your life reflects? Does your life reflect Jesus? Are you like Stephen, so full of the Holy Spirit that you just shine through this dark world? Just amazing. Does your life tell the story of Jesus? If you were to tell me your life story, would people see Jesus? Or would they see something else? Because when we read Moses' story, we see a picture of Jesus. When we see Stephen's story, we see a picture of Jesus. When you, If I were to share my testimony, I hope, I pray, you see a picture of Jesus and his grace and mercy and who he was. I want to be a reflection of God, a reflection of Jesus. That's what I want to be this new year. That's that's what most came to me as I thought about these passages. And there's so many in-depth things with Moses and Stephen here. But I want to be like these guys. I want my story to point people to Jesus. I want to share my testimony. And people will say, wow, I could come. I want to place my faith in Jesus after hearing your testimony of who Jesus is and what he's done. Moses, I mean, that's an amazing story. It's a picture of Jesus. Stephen, picture of Jesus. These other, the apostles, pictures of Jesus. Are you a picture of Jesus today? Are you, re, are you a reflection of Jesus Christ? What do people see when they see you? They see, when you see the moon, you see that bright, glowing light, beautiful. Is that what they see when they see you? A reflection of God? As I read this, I just pray that one day, Maybe as even as my children or grandchildren would share, or maybe as I would share my testimony, it would be evident, it would be proof of who Jesus is and what he's done for each one of us, just as these men here in this story. Amazing story to me. Amazing, amazing revelation that as Stephen was facing the same charges that Jesus faced, facing the same penalty, death, for blaspheming, He chose to lead these people to tell these stories about their patriarch Moses to point them to Christ. What would you do in that situation? Amazing story. Amazing testimony. Always pointing to Jesus. Always. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this story. Stephen is sharing it with us here in the book of Acts. How he's sharing through the patriarchs, the, the great men of faith in our Old Testament sharing with us that their lives were a reflection of you, that their lives pointed to you and your grace and your mercy and your redemption. Lord, I pray that each one of us could have the same testimony, a testimony of who Jesus Christ is in our lives, that people would hear from us and they would see you. They would see your grace and your mercy and your love and your redemption and your promises. Lord, let us be a reflection of your love. Use us all, Lord. Use us in ways as you're using Moses and Stephen and the apostles, but that we would be men full of wisdom, full of spirit, full of faith, that we would go out. And no matter what the world was, what was going on in the world, Lord, we would still be like Stephen as he was on trial, facing a death sentence, yet he was sharing the love of Jesus. Let us be like this man, Lord. Equip us in ways like we've never imagined. Powerful ways that we'd see signs and wonders. And Lord, we'd go out, Lord, and share with the lost world the love of Jesus. 
I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time that we can spend in your word and the encouragement that I can, too, be a reflection of Jesus. That people can look at me and see you. But I can't do that, Lord. I know you can do that in me through your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I ask for this gift now. I ask for this gift upon your church, Lord. The, the church would reflect Jesus. Nothing else. Not all these things of the world. But we, as the church, would be reflection of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for each one of us. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.